Hello, how are you? I hope you are alive and well. You're welcome to In-Depth Story on 94.5 Urban Radio FM. This is a program that helps you make sense of the news. I am your voice, Andrea Onoha. It's no longer news that the federal government is set to ease the lockdown in Lagos and Ogun states as well as Abuja come Monday, 4th May. But before the announcement, Nigeria have been in a lockdown for almost a month now. Yes, for health purposes to contain the spread of coronavirus disease. State governments have also followed suits by imposing lockdowns in their states. But all of these have economic implications. Nigeria has a growing economy as well as a large informal sector which contributes 65% of its economic output. Movement restrictions have not only reduced the consumption of non-essential commodities in general, but have affected income-generating capacity of the nation and state, reducing their consumption expenditure. Today, we'll be looking at the impact of COVID-19 lockdown on Nigeria's economy and other matters arising. Stay tuned. You're on an in-depth story on 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Emergence of COVID-19 disease in 2020 in Nigeria has slowed down the economy. Even before the outbreak, the outlook for the economy of developing countries like Nigeria was fragile as global gross domestic product GDP growth was estimated to be only 2.5% in 2020. Now, this is nothing to write home about. Private businesses and state-owned businesses are suffering losses. This is somewhat complicated. Considering the complicated factors, President Buhari in a nationwide broadcast spoke up. Based on the above and in line with the recommendation of the Presidential Task Force on COVID-19, the various federal government committees that have reviewed socio-economic matters and the Nigeria Governors Forum, I have approved a phased and gradual easing of lockdown measures in FCT, Lagos, and the Ogun states, effective from Monday, 4th of May, 2020. However, this will be followed strictly with aggressive reinforcement of testing and contact tracing measures, while allowing the restoration of some economic and business activities in certain sectors. President Buhari agreed that no country can sustain the economic impact of the lockdown. For the first four weeks, most parts of our country have been under either federal government or state government lockdowns. As I mentioned earlier, these steps were necessary and overall have contributed to slowing down the spread of COVID-19 in our country. However, such lockdowns have also come at a very heavy economic cost. Many of our citizens have lost their means of livelihood. Many businesses have shut down. No country can afford the full impact of a sustained lockdown while awaiting the development of vaccines. Contrast to the president's point of view, a well-meaning Nigerians have reacted to the easing 
of the lockdown. Executive Director of African Heritage Institution, Professor Ufo Okeke Uzodike, said, is enough lockdown for economic purpose is not enough. Let's find out why. The, the phasing out of lockdowns, uh, obviously, uh, that phasing out is informed by the need for people to have economic sustenance. In the absence of state interventions to assist people, it would seem logical that uh, the lockdowns have to be phased out. But the key is not just simply phasing them out, it's for what purpose? What is actually being done to ensure that people don't, new people, new, uh, new infections don't emerge? and that they don't become basically cancerous within our system. Those are the concerns that one must have. Um, facing that knockdown is not enough. We have to find something useful to do to ensure that um, we are all safe and that the, the coronavirus uh, infection rates actually not only just simply flattens out, but it actually declines to the point where it gets to zero. And so that we as a people can actually walk around fairly comfortable and work. So bring it down to the state level. In-depth story crew went out to further gauge the economic temperature of the people. Here are their views. Can't do anything. Dollar is 460 now. My business was 365. Now it's 460. It's affecting everybody. We don't have an economy. Our economy is basically in shutters. I hope you get paid your salary at the end of the month because employers of labor are finding it difficult. Did they? The, the, the economy of the whole country. Not only individuals, but the whole country. But I, in, in particular, am also affected. It's a crippled business we are in. So I don't know how you are asking me how it affects my business because when somebody is inside, you know what it means to him. We are in prison short. And the prisoner cannot say it's well with him because he didn't even have a, a move to see friends and well wishers. So the lockdown is everywhere and I don't know what next to say about it because it's affecting everybody, even the government anyway, sir. A lot. A lot. Before now, I had several plans. My expectations were very high as regards... Uh, this first quarter, first to second quarter of the year, but unfortunately, the, the coronavirus broke forth and uh, I brought about uh, retardation of my business. All my plans, all my proposals, they are still on hold. Even some of them that was almost approaching to completion of a sudden due to the lockdown there was no uh, adequate time for the release of funds to 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 carry out those projects uh, my brother it really affected me a lot and uh, it's just that if not for the poor management of uh, the federation i mean the gov government a lot of people who cannot even eat three square meal a day. I don't really know how they could cope for these 14 days. And it was really alarming for the federal government to extend it. Though it is for the good for of the citizen, but looking it on the other angle, just like the way other nations are doing, 
trying to see in what ways to really uh, uh, help their citizens. But we have never experienced, we never experienced such in this nation. The fact that we have all the mineral resources, the donation that was made by several persons in the nation, we just had a figure, but we never had any experience of how those money was really spent. And also, what is really getting me angry is most bank, the so-called bank, with that are the their their clients, they can't even send us a debit of a thousand naira just to sustain us for this period. But yet they can give money to federal government or in the name of one selfish reason or the other. Maybe they just want to get more policies from the government and get favor. Everybody know now everybody know You know, one thing is Nigeria Nigeria didn't do like other countries. Like if you go to some small small countries like Rwanda, if you see the way they share things, you understand know, to their people. You know, it was coordinated, it was it was organized, but Nigeria didn't do something like that. They just locked people down and all of those things. But another thing is, you know, it's still for our own good. You know, if if you are going out trying to hold you still and you 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 are being contacted with the disease, if you die, it's better you just stay with the hunger and after everything you just still come out. And, because this this government to some extent, they are not really care. They are not. They don't care about us. Yes, and so just more, just try and do what is best for us. If government cannot do for us, we just do it for ourselves. That is just it. <laughs> no money, and he's continue to spend. It's somehow it's not okay but we are alive <laughs> and we still sing victory song at the end of everything and uh, one day we'll all say there was a lockdown <laughs> since the pandemic there have been uncertainties on when the lockdown will be over and because of this uncertainty there is negative profit outlook on possible investment projects. Firms are likely to hold off on long-term investment decisions. Indebkri also interviewed an Enugu-based businessman, Tony Wachuku, who described the impact as huge. Yeah. It's a mammoth. It's, uh, it's more on the loss side than on the gain. The, the gain side, what you can term as the gainful side is simple. It's uh, just enabling very busy minds to have a, you know, to indulge in or be involved in uh, uh, indeliberate holidays. <laughs> it's indeliberate holiday because nobody wants to enjoy this kind of holiday. For business persons, it is quite dangerous. And uh, for the Nigerian economy, it is, uh, it's, uh, it's too dangerous because already we have uh, was dived into a recession and uh, it will take the country two to three years the next two to three years for us to to to, to manage out of the pandemic uh, created uh, a recession so it's it's it's, it's horrible in my own experience. we are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession uh, horrible tony wachuku said that covid 19 lockdown is equal to recession we are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession a horrible recession 
that uh, almost uh, near near impossible to get out of in the next few uh, years. We talk about getting out of it, like I stated before, uh, is two three years, if not four, huh. mm -hmm. because that is real time shutdown. That is real time shut out. And you can see that globally, trade is not taking place. Business is not going on. So it's wonderful. And it's, uh, <laughs> I, know, but I, pity, I pity citizens. I pity the big business environment. He also suggested gradual opening of the economy of the nation and state. We, as a matter of urgency, otherwise, anytime that if they decide late to open up, they won't finish the story. Government won't finish the story of the level of unemployment this particular pandemic we have already created. Yes, have already. I know of a transport company that have 200 drivers. They have 200 drivers. And right now these drivers are not working. And you are not sure that when the when government said let's get back to business, okay, yeah, whether the same company will still need that enough. 200 drivers. Talking about reopening of the economy gradually, I have a question for you. Do you agree that Nigeria is on the precipice of resection? Would you like the economy to be reopened gradually? That is, do you really agree with the president on the decision to ease the lockdown? Of course, amid health precautionary measures. You can contribute on our Twitter page at Urban Radio 945 hashtag in the story and at Andrea Onoha. Do also follow us for quick updates. Before we call it a day, let's remind you some of the top stories. This week, President Muhammad Buhari in his nationwide broadcast gave new measures to curb the spread of COVID-19 disease. You must have heard them before, but you need to take note of them so as to stay out of trouble. Furthermore, new nationwide measures are to be introduced as follows. A. There will be an overnight curfew from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. This means all movements will be prohibited during this period except for essential services. B. There will be a ban on non-essential interstate passenger travel until further notice. C. Partial and controlled interstate movement of goods and services will be allowed for the movement of goods and services from producers to consumers. And D, we will strictly ensure the mandatory use of face masks or coverings in public in addition to maintaining physical distancing and personal hygiene. Furthermore, the restrictions on social and religious gatherings shall remain in place. State governments, corporate organizations, and philanthropists are encouraged to support the production of closed masks for citizens. For the avoidance of doubt, the lockdown in FCT, Lagos, and Ogun states shall remain in place until these new ones come into effect on Monday, 4th May, 2020. This is In-Depth Story on Urban Radio 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Here are other top stories. Enugu State has confirmed new positive case of COVID-19. 
The confirmed case traveled out of Enugu on the 28th of March 2020 and returned from Jos Plateau State 14th April 2020. The patient has been admitted into one of the treatment and isolation centers while contacts are being identified, line listed and samples taken for texting. The Commissioner for Health, OB Ikechuku, advised Enugu people to stay at home and only go out when absolutely necessary. When going out, he strongly advised to wear appropriate face masks, avoid touching the front of the face mask and also practice social distancing at least two meters apart from each other. This piece of story poised a question about effective border control in curbing the spread of COVID-19 in Enugu State. Meanwhile, Following reports that persons on non-essential duties have continued to traverse the boundaries despite the state government's COVID-19 containment order, Governor Ifan Ugwai has directed all the 17 local government council chairmen to mobilize all development center administrators, councillors, traditional rulers and president general of communities as well as neighborhood watch groups and youth leaders within their jurisdiction to man the borders of the local government council areas that are contiguous with other states. In a statement by the Secretary of the State Government, Professor Simon Otwayan said the governor directed the council chairman to liaise with the members of National Union of Road Transport Workers Association of Tricycle Riders to ensure that intending passengers beyond Enugu State are not allowed to board vehicles in motor parks within their jurisdiction. The governor of Ebony State, David Omahi, has apologized to journalists in the state, saying the disagreement between him and and then was unintentional. Omahi, who described the squabble as a case between a father and his son, noted that it was better to work in unison with the media at all times. Recall that Omahi last week arrested the correspondents of the Sun and Vanguard newspapers in the state for allegedly reporting falsehood on loss of fever and military invasion in Ebony communities. However, in a statewide live broadcast this week, the governor called on the media and Nigerians to disregard what happened, stressing that both his government and the media were partners in progress. Apology accepted. A wrong done to any journalist is a wrong done to all of the journalists in the state. Because what goes around comes around. Kudos to Governor Umahe. To national stories. This week, the Nigeria Center for Disease Control began the use of the COBAS system at NCDC National Reference Lab for COVID-19 testing. Using this technology, 960 samples can be tested in 8 hours. That's good news. Here are our top stories from the world scene. This week, President Donald Trump spoke with President Muhammad Buhari to discuss efforts by both nations to battle the COVID-19 pandemic. President Trump affirmed the strong support of the United States for the people of Nigeria and offered additional support for the nation's response efforts. The two leaders agreed that the United States and Nigeria would stand together in the fight to defeat the virus. 
Tensions between the U.S. and China are growing, fueled by COVID-19 and accusations of dishonesty. One result is Americans assume Beijing, seeking to hold it accountable for the worldwide pandemic. Those efforts could backfire, however, such that China not only inverts consequences, but potentially benefits from the pandemic. COVID-19 has crisscrossed the globe, bringing unprecedented sickness, death, and financial crisis. With the city of Wuhan seen as ground zero, major questions remain about whether the devastation could have been avoided. Meanwhile, U.S. President Donald Trump said he was confident the coronavirus may have originated in a Chinese virology laboratory, but declined to describe the evidence, springing up tensions with Beijing over the origins of the deadly outbreak. Trump did not mince words at a White House event when asked if he had seen evidence that gave him a high degree of confidence the virus came from Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Chinese state-backed Wuhan Institute of Virology has dismissed the allegations and other U.S. officials have downplayed their likelihood. Most experts believe the virus originated in a market selling wildlife in Wuhan and jumped from animals to people. Another top stories making rounds is the U.S. National Institute of Health said that an experimental drug, Remdesivir, has proved effective against the new coronavirus disease. According to the White House health advisor and top U.S. infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, data collected from the coronavirus drug trial with Remdesivir showed quite good news and has set a new standard of care for COVID-19 patients. Fauci said that a study led by the U.S. National Institute of Health showed that the drug shortens the time it takes for patients to recover by four days on average, and it is the first to pass such a street test against the virus. That's good news we've been waiting for. We pray that it works. I hope you enjoyed the whole stories. This is where we wrap it up on today's edition of In-Depth Story. If you've missed any edition of the program, go to my Twitter at Andrea Onoha and click on my podcast link. And voila, you have Tori at your disposal. Do join me next week for a brand new edition. And remember to stay home and go out only when necessary. You are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. Think positive. Thank you, Lewis Egore, for today's management. I am yours truly, Andrea Onoha. Thank you for listening. I love you. Stay safe.
Hello, how are you? I hope you are alive and well. You're welcome to In-Depth Story on 94.5 Urban Radio FM. This is a program that helps you make sense of the news. I am your voice, Andrea Onoha. It's no longer news that the federal government is set to ease the lockdown in Lagos and Ogun states as well as Abuja come Monday, 4th May. But before the announcement, Nigeria have been in a lockdown for almost a month now, yes, for health purposes to contain the spread of coronavirus disease. State governments have also followed suit by imposing lockdowns in their states. But all of these have economic implications. Nigeria has a growing economy as well as a large informal sector which contributes 65% of its economic output. Movement restrictions have not only reduced the consumption of non-essential commodities in general, but have affected income-generating capacity of the nation and states, reducing their consumption expenditure. Today, we will be looking at the impact of COVID-19 lockdown on Nigeria's economy and other matters arising. Stay tuned. You're on an in-depth story on 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Emergence of COVID-19 disease in 2020 in Nigeria has slowed down the economy. Even before the outbreak, the outlook for the economy of developing countries like Nigeria was fragile as global gross domestic product GDP growth was estimated to be only 2.5% in 2020. Now, this is nothing to write home about. Private businesses and state-owned businesses are suffering losses. This is somewhat complicated. Considering the complicated factors, President Buhari in a nationwide broadcast spoke up. Based on the above and in line with the recommendation of the Presidential Task Force on COVID-19, the various federal government committees that have reviewed socio-economic matters and the Nigerian Governors Forum I have approved a phased and gradual easing of lockdown measures in FCT, Lagos, and the Ogun State effective from Monday 4th of May 2020. However, this will be followed strictly with aggressive reinforcement of testing and contact tracing measures while allowing the restoration of some economic and business activities in certain sectors. President Buhari agreed that no country can sustain the economic impact of the lockdown. For the first four weeks, most parts of our country have been under either federal government or state government lockdowns. As I mentioned earlier, these steps were necessary and overall have contributed to slowing down the spread of COVID-19 in our country. However, such lockdowns have also come at a very heavy economic cost. Many of our citizens have lost their means of livelihood. Many businesses have shut down. No country can afford the full impact of a sustained lockdown while awaiting the development of vaccines. Contrast to the president's point of view, a well-meaning Nigerians have reacted to the easing 
of the lockdown. Executive Director of African Heritage Institution, Professor Ufo Okeke Uzodike, said easing off lockdown for economic purpose is not enough. Let's find out why. The, the phasing out of lockdowns, uh, obviously, uh, that phasing out is informed by the need for people to have economic sustenance. In the absence of state interventions to assist people, it would seem logical that uh, the lockdowns have to be phased out. But the key is not just simply phasing them out, it's for what purpose? What is actually being done to ensure that people don't, new people, new, uh, new infections don't emerge? and that they don't become basically cancerous within our system. Those are the concerns that one must have. Facing um, that knockdown is not enough. We have to find something useful to do to ensure that um, we are all safe and that the coronavirus uh, infection rates actually not only just simply flattens out, that it actually declines to the point where it gets to zero. And so that we as a people can actually walk around fairly comfortable and walk. So bring it down to the state level. In-depth story crew went out to further gauge the economic temperature of the people. Here are their views. Can't do anything. Dollar is 460 now. My business was 365. Now it's 460. It's affecting everybody. We don't have an economy. Our economy is basically in shutters. I hope you get paid your salary at the end of the month because employers of labor are finding it difficult. Did they? The, the, the economy of the whole country. Not only individuals, but the whole country. But I, in particular, am also affected. It's a cripple business we are in. So I don't know how you are asking me how it affects my business. Because when somebody is inside, you know what it means to him. We are in prison, short. And the prisoner cannot say it's well with him. Because he didn't even have a move to see friends and well wishes. So the lockdown is everywhere. And I don't know what next to say about it. Because it's affecting everybody. Even the government in Russia. A lot. A lot. Before now, I had several plans. My expectations were very high. As regard uh, this first quarter, first to second quarter of the year. But unfortunately, the uh, coronavirus broke forth and uh, I brought about uh, retardation of my business, all my plans, all my proposals, they are still on hold. Even some of them that was almost approaching to completion of a sudden due to the lockdown, there was no uh, adequate time for the release of funds to, to, to carry out those projects. Uh, my brother, it really affected me a lot. And uh, it's just that if not for the poor management of uh, the federation, I mean the gov government, a lot of people who cannot even eat three square meals a day, I don't really know how they could cope for these 14 days. And it was really alarming for the federal government to extend it. Though it is for the good for of the citizen, but looking it on the other angle, just like the way other nations are doing, trying to see in what ways to really uh, uh, help their citizen, but we have never experienced, we never experienced such in this nation. The fact that we have all the mineral resources, the donation that was made by several persons in the nation, 
we, we just had a figure, but we never had any experience of how those money was really uh, spent. And also, what is really getting me angry is most bank, the so-called bank, with that are they, they are they, they are clients. They can't even send us a debit of a thousand naira just to sustain us for this period. But yet they can give money to federal government or in the name of one selfish region or the other. Maybe they just want to get more policies from the government and get favor. Everybody know now know You know one thing is Nigeria Nigeria didn't do like other countries. Like if you go to some small small countries like Rwanda, if you see the way they share things, you understand know, to their people. You know, it was coordinated, it was it was organized, but Nigeria didn't do something like that. They just locked people down and all of those things. But another thing is, you know, it's still for our own good. You know, if if you are going out trying to hustle still and you 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 are being contacted with the disease. If you die, it's better you just stay with the hunger and after everything you just still come out. And because this this government to some extent, they are not really care, they are not they don't care about us. Yes, and so just more just try and do what is best for us. If government cannot do for us, we just do it for ourselves. That is just it. <laughs> no money and it's continue to spend. It's somehow it's, a, it's not okay. But we are alive. <laughs> and we still sing victory song at the end of everything. And uh, one day we'll all say there was a lockdown. <laughs> Thank you. Since the pandemic, there have been uncertainties on when the lockdown will be over. And because of this uncertainty, there is negative profit outlook on possible investment projects. Firms are likely to hold off on long-term investment decisions. Indebku also interviewed an Enugu-based businessman, Tony Wachuku, who described the impact as huge. Yeah. It's a mammoth. It's a... Uh... It's more on the loss side than on the gain. The, the gain side, or what you can term as the gainful side is simple. It's uh, just enabling very busy minds to have, a, you know, to indulge in or be involved in uh, uh, indeliberate holidays. It's indeliberate holiday because nobody wants to enjoy this kind of holiday. For business persons, it is quite dangerous. And uh, for the Nigerian economy, it is, uh, it's, uh, it's too dangerous because already we have uh, dived into a recession and uh, it will take the country two to three years, the next two to three years for us to, 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 to manage out of the pandemic uh, created uh, a recession. So it's, 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 it's horrible. My own we are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession. Uh, horrible. Tony Wachuku said that COVID-19 lockdown is equal to recession. We are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession. A horrible recession that uh, almost uh, near, near impossible to get out of in the next few uh, years. We talk about getting out of it like I stated before, uh, it's two, three years, if not four. Huh. Mm -hmm. 
because that is real-time shutdown, that is real-time shutout. And you can see that globally, trade is not taking place, business is not going on. So it's wonderful. And it's, uh, <laughs> I, know, I, pity, I pity citizens. I pity the big business environment. He also suggested gradual opening of the economy of the nation and state. We, as a matter of urgency, otherwise, anytime that if they decide late to open up, they won't finish the story. Government won't finish the story of the level of unemployment this particular pandemic we have already created. Yes, have already. I know of a transport company that have 200 drivers. They have 200 drivers. And right now, these drivers are not working. And you are not sure that when the when government says let's get back to business, okay, yeah, whether the same company will still need that enough. 200 drivers. Talking about reopening of the economy gradually, I have a question for you. Do you agree that Nigeria is on the precipice of recession? Would you like the economy to be reopened gradually? That is, do you really agree with the president on the decision to ease the lockdown? of course, amid health precautionary measures. You can contribute on our Twitter page at Urban Radio 945 hashtag in the story and at Andrea Onoha. Do also follow us for quick updates. Before we call it a day, let's remind you some of the top stories. This week, President Muhammad Buhari in his nationwide broadcast gave new measures to curb the spread of COVID-19 disease. You must have heard them before, but you need to take note of them so as to stay out of trouble. Furthermore, new nationwide measures are to be introduced as follows. A. There will be an overnight curfew from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. This means all movements will be prohibited during this period except for essential services. B. There will be a ban on non-essential interstate passenger travel until further notice. C. Partial and controlled interstate movement of goods and services will be allowed for the movement of goods and services from producers to consumers. And D. We will strictly ensure the mandatory use of face masks or coverings in public in addition to maintaining physical distancing and personal hygiene. Furthermore, the restrictions on social and religious gatherings shall remain in place. State governments, corporate organizations, and philanthropists are encouraged to support the production of clothes masks for citizens. For the avoidance of doubt, the lockdown in FCT, Lagos and Ogun states shall remain in place until these new ones come into effect on Monday, 4th May 2020. This is In-Depth Story on Urban Radio 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Here are other top stories. Enugu State has confirmed new positive case of COVID-19. 
The confirmed case traveled out of Enugu on the 28th of March 2020 and returned from Jos Plateau State 14th April 2020. The patient has been admitted into one of the treatment and isolation centers while contacts are being identified, line listed and samples taken for texting. The Commissioner for Health, OB Ikechuku, advised Enugu people to stay at home and only go out when absolutely necessary. When going out, he strongly advised to wear appropriate face mask, avoid touching the front of the face mask and also practice social distancing at least two meters apart from each other. This piece of story poised a question about effective border control in curbing the spread of COVID-19 in Enugu State. Meanwhile, following reports that persons on non-essential duties have continued to traverse the boundaries despite the state government's COVID-19 containment order, Governor Ifan Ugwai has directed all the 17 local government council chairmen to mobilize all development center administrators councillors, traditional rulers and president general of communities as well as neighborhood watch groups and youth leaders within their jurisdiction to man the borders of the local government council areas that are contiguous with other states. In a statement by the Secretary of the State Government, Professor Simon Otwayan said the governor directed the council chairman to liaise with the members of National Union of Road Transport Workers Association of Tricycle Riders to ensure that intending passengers beyond Enugu State are not allowed to board vehicles in motor parks within their jurisdiction. The governor of Ebonyu State, David Omahi, has apologized to journalists in the state, saying the disagreement between him and and then was unintentional. Omahi, who described the squabble as a case between a father and his son, noted that it was better to work in unison with the media at all times. Recall that Omahi last week arrested the correspondents of the Sun and Vanguard newspapers in the state for allegedly reporting falsehood on Lhasa fever and military invasion in Ebony communities. However, in a statewide live broadcast this week, the governor called on the media and Nigerians to disregard what happened, stressing that both his government and the media were partners in progress. Apology accepted. A wrong done to any journalist is a wrong done to all of the journalists in the state. Because what goes around comes around. Kudos to Governor Umahe. To national stories, this week, the Nigeria Center for Disease Control began the use of the COBAS system at NCDC National Reference Lab for COVID-19 testing. Using this technology, 960 samples can be tested in 8 hours. That's good news. Here are our top stories from the world scene. This week, President Donald Trump spoke with President Muhammad Buhari to discuss efforts by both nations to battle the COVID-19 pandemic. President Trump affirmed the strong support of the United States for the people of Nigeria and offered additional support for the nation's response efforts. The two leaders agreed that the United States and Nigeria would stand together in the fight to defeat the virus. 
Tensions between the U.S. and China are growing, fueled by COVID-19 and accusations of dishonesty. One result is Americans assume Beijing, seeking to hold it accountable for the worldwide pandemic. Those efforts could backfire, however, such that China not only inverts consequences, but potentially benefits from the pandemic. COVID-19 has crisscrossed the globe, bringing unprecedented sickness, death, and financial crisis. With the city of Wuhan seen as ground zero, major questions remain about whether the devastation could have been avoided. Meanwhile, U.S. President Donald Trump said he was confident the coronavirus may have originated in a Chinese virology laboratory, but declined to describe the evidence, springing up tensions with Beijing over the origins of the deadly outbreak. Trump did not mince words at a White House event when asked if he had seen evidence that gave him a high degree of confidence the virus came from Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Chinese state-backed Wuhan Institute of Virology has dismissed the allegations and other U.S. officials have downplayed their likelihood. Most experts believe the virus originated in a market selling wildlife in Wuhan and jumped from animals to people. Another top stories making rounds is the U.S. National Institute of Health said that an experimental drug, Remdesivir, has proved effective against the new coronavirus disease. According to the White House health advisor and top U.S. infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, data collected from the coronavirus drug trial with Remdesivir showed quite good news and has set a new standard of care for COVID-19 patients. Fauci said that a study led by the U.S. National Institute of Health showed that the drug shortens the time it takes for patients to recover by four days on average, and it is the first to pass such a street test against the virus. That's good news we've been waiting for. We pray that it works. I hope you enjoy the whole stories. This is where we wrap it up on today's edition of In-Depth Story. If you've missed any edition of the program, go to my Twitter at Andrea Onoha and click on my podcast link. And voila, you have Tori at your disposal. Do join me next week for a brand new edition. And remember to stay home and go out only when necessary. You are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. Think positive. Thank you, Lewis Egore, for today's management. I am yours truly, Andrea Onoha. Thank you for listening. I love you. Stay safe.
Hello, how are you? I hope you are alive and well. You're welcome to In-Depth Story on 94.5 Urban Radio FM. This is a program that helps you make sense of the news. I am your voice, Andrea Onoha. It's no longer news that the federal government is set to ease the lockdown in Lagos and Ogun states as well as Abuja come Monday, 4th. May. But before the announcement, Nigeria have been in a lockdown for almost a month now. Yes, for health purposes to contain the spread of coronavirus disease. State governments have also followed suit by imposing lockdowns in their states. But all of these have economic implications. Nigeria has a growing economy as well as a large informal sector which contributes 65% of its economic output. Movement restrictions have not only reduced the consumption of non-essential commodities in general, but have affected income-generating capacity of the nation and state, reducing their consumption expenditure. Today, we'll be looking at the impact of COVID-19 lockdown on Nigeria's economy and other matters arising. Stay tuned. You're on In-Depth Story on 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Emergence of COVID-19 disease in 2020 in Nigeria has slowed down the economy. Even before the outbreak, the outlook for the economy of developing countries like Nigeria was fragile as global gross domestic product GDP growth was estimated to be only 2.5 percent in 2020. Now this is nothing to write home about. Private businesses and state-owned businesses are suffering losses. This is somewhat complicated. Considering the complicated factors, President Buhari in a nationwide broadcast spoke up. Based on the above and in line with the recommendation of the Presidential Task Force on COVID-19, the various federal government committees that have reviewed socio-economic matters and the Nigerian Governors Forum I have approved a phased and gradual easing of lockdown measures in FCT, Lagos and Ogun states effective from Monday 4th of May 2020. However, this will be followed strictly with aggressive reinforcement of testing and contact tracing measures while allowing the restoration of some economic and business activities in certain sectors. President Buhari agreed that no country can sustain the economic impact of the lockdown. For the first four weeks, most parts of our country have been under either federal government or state government lockdowns. As I mentioned earlier, these steps were necessary and overall have contributed to slowing down the spread of COVID-19 in our country. However, such lockdowns have also come at a very heavy economic cost. Many of our citizens have lost their means of livelihood. Many businesses have shut down. No country can afford the full impact of a sustained lockdown while awaiting the development of vaccines. Contrast to the president's point of view, a well-meaning Nigerians have reacted to the easing 
of the lockdown. Executive Director of African Heritage Institution, Professor Ufo Okeke Uzodike, said easing off lockdown for economic purpose is not enough. Let's find out why. The, the phasing out of lockdowns, uh, obviously, uh, that phasing out is informed by the need for people to have economic sustenance. In the absence of state interventions to assist people, it would seem logical that uh, the lockdowns have to be phased out. But the key is not just simply phasing them out, is for what purpose? What is actually being done to ensure that people don't, new people, new, uh, new infections don't emerge that they don't become basically cancerous within our system. Those are the concerns that one must have. Um, facing that lockdown is not enough. We have to find something useful to do to ensure that um, we are all safe and that the coronavirus uh, infection rates actually not only just simply flattens out, that it actually declines to the point where it gets to zero. And so that we as a people can actually walk around fairly comfortable and work. So bring it down to the state level. In-depth story crew went out to further gauge the economic temperature of the people. Hear out their views. Can't do anything. Dollar is 460 now. My business was 365. Now it's 460. It's affecting everybody. We don't have an economy. Our economy is basically in shutters. I hope you get paid your salary at the end of the month because employers of labor are finding it difficult. Did they the, the, the economy of the whole country. Not only individuals, but the whole country. But I, in particular, am also affected. It's a crippled business we are in. So I don't know how you are asking me how it affects my business. Because when somebody is inside, you know what it means to him. We are in prison, short. And the prisoner cannot say it's well with him. Because he didn't even have a move to see friends and well wishes. So the lockdown is everywhere. And I don't know what next to say about it. Because it's affecting everybody. Even the government anywhere, sir. A lot. A lot. Before now, I had several plans. My expectations were very high. As regard uh, this first quarter, first to second quarter of the year. But unfortunately, the uh, coronavirus broke forth and uh, I brought about uh, retardation of my business, all my plans, all my proposals, they are still on hold. Even some of them that was almost approaching to completion of a sudden, due to the lockdown, there was no uh, adequate time for the release of funds to, to, to carry out those projects. Uh, my brother, it really affected me a lot. And uh, it's just that if not for the poor management of uh, the federation, I mean the gov government, a lot of people who cannot even eat three square meals a day, I don't really know how they could cope for these 14 days. And it was really alarming for the federal government to extend it. Though it is for the good for of the citizen, but looking it on the other angle, just like the way other nations are doing, trying to see in what ways to really uh, uh, help their citizens. But we have never experienced, we never experienced such in this nation. The fact that we have all the mineral resources, the donation that was made by several persons in the nation, 
we just had a figure, but we never had any experience of how those money was really uh, spent. And also, what is really getting me angry is most bank, the so-called bank, with that are they, they are they, they are clients they can't even send us a debit of a thousand naira just to sustain us for this period but yet they can give money to federal government or in the name of one selfish reason or the other maybe they just want to get more policies from the government and get favor more <laughs> everybody know now everybody know you know one thing is nigeria nigeria didn't do like other countries like if you go to some small small countries like rwanda if you see the way they share things you know, to their people you know it was coordinated it was it was organized but nigeria didn't do something like that they just locked people down and all of those things but another thing is you know it's still for our own good you know if if you are going out trying to hustle still and you 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 are being contacted with the disease if you die it's better you just stay with the hunger and after everything you just still come out and because this this government to some extent they are not really care they are not they don't care about us yes, and so just more just try and do what is best for us if government cannot do for us we just do it for ourselves that is just it <laughs> no money and you continue to spend it's somehow it's, a, it's not okay but we are alive <laughs> and we still sing victory song at the end of everything and uh, one day we'll all say there was a lockdown <laughs> since the pandemic there have been uncertainties on when the lockdown will be over and because of this uncertainty there is negative profit outlook on possible investment projects. Firms are likely to hold off on long-term investment decisions. In-depth crew also interviewed an Enugu-based businessman, Tony Wachuku, who described the impact as huge. Yeah. It's a numbers. It's, uh, it's more on the loss side than on the gain. The, the gain side, or what you can term as the gainful side is simple. It's uh, just enabling very busy minds to have, uh, you know, to indulge in or be involved in uh, uh, indeliberate holidays. <laughs> it's indeliberate holiday because nobody wants to enjoy this kind of holiday. For business persons, it is quite dangerous. And uh, for the Nigerian economy, it is, uh, it's, uh, it's too dangerous because already we have uh, was dived into a recession and uh, it will take the country two to three years the next two to three years for us to to to, to manage out of the pandemic uh, created uh, a recession so it's 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 horrible my honest. we are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession uh, horrible tony wachuku said that covid 19 lockdown is equal to recession we are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession a horrible recession that uh, almost uh, near near impossible to get out of in the next few uh, years we talk about getting out of it like i stated before it's two three years if not four huh. mm -hmm. because that is real time shutdown that is real time shut out 
and you can see that globally trade is not taking place business is not going on so it's wonderful and it's uh, <laughs> no, a pity a pity citizens a pity the business environment he also suggested gradual opening of the economy of the nation and state we as a matter of urgency otherwise anytime that if they decide late to open up they won't finish the story government won't finish the story of the level of unemployment this particular pandemic we have already created yes have already i know of a transport company that have 200 drivers they have 200 drivers and right now these drivers are not working and you are not sure that when the when government said let's get back to business okay yeah, they have whether the same company will still need that enough. 200 drivers talking about reopening of the economy gradually i have a question for you do you agree that Nigeria is on the precipice of resection? Would you like the economy to be reopened gradually? That is, do you really agree with the president on the decision to ease the lockdown? Of course, amid health precautionary measures. You can contribute on our Twitter page at Urban Radio 945 hashtag in the story and at Andrea Onoha. Do also follow us for quick updates. Before we call it a day, let's remind you some of the top stories. This week, President Muhammad Buhari in his nationwide broadcast gave new measures to curb the spread of COVID-19 disease. You must have heard them before, but you need to take note of them to ask to stay out of trouble. Furthermore, new nationwide measures are to be introduced as follows. A. There will be an overnight curfew from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. This means all movements will be prohibited during this period except for essential services. B. There will be a ban on non-essential interstate passenger travel until further notice. C. Partial and controlled interstate movement of goods and services will be allowed for the movement of goods and services from producers to consumers. And D, we will strictly ensure the mandatory use of face masks or coverings in public in addition to maintaining physical distancing and personal hygiene. Furthermore, the restrictions on social and religious gatherings shall remain in place. State governments, corporate organizations, and philanthropists are encouraged to support the production of clothes masks for citizens. For the avoidance of doubt, the lockdown in FCT, Lagos, and Ogun states shall remain in place until these new ones come into effect on Monday, 4th May, 2020. This is In-Depth Story on Urban Radio 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Here are other top stories. Enugu State has confirmed new positive case of COVID-19. 
The confirmed case traveled out of Enugu on the 28th of March 2020 and returned from Jos Plateau State 14th April 2020. The patient has been admitted into one of the treatment and isolation centers while contacts are being identified, line listed and samples taken for texting. The Commissioner for Health, O.B. Ikechuku, advised Enugu people to stay at home and only go out when absolutely necessary. When going out, he strongly advised to wear appropriate face mask, avoid touching the front of the face mask and also practice social distancing at least two meters apart from each other. This piece of story poised a question about effective border control in curbing the spread of COVID-19 in Enugu State. Meanwhile, Following reports that persons on non-essential duties have continued to traverse the boundaries despite the state government's COVID-19 containment order, Governor Ifan Ugwai has directed all the 17 local government council chairmen to mobilize all development center administrators, councillors, traditional rulers and president general of communities as well as neighborhood watch groups and youth leaders within their jurisdiction to man the borders of the local government council areas that are contiguous with other states. In a statement by the Secretary of the State Government, Professor Simon Otwayan said the governor directed the council chairman to liaise with the members of National Union of Road Transport Workers Association of Tricycle Riders to ensure that intending passengers beyond Enugu State are not allowed to board vehicles in motor parks within their jurisdiction. The governor of Ebony State, David Omahi, has apologized to journalists in the state, saying the disagreement between him and then was unintentional. Omahi, who described the squabble as a case between a father and his son, noted that it was better to work in unison with the media at all times. Recall that Omahi last week arrested the correspondents of the Sun and Vanguard newspapers in the state for allegedly reporting falsehood on loss of fever and military invasion in Ebony communities. However, in a statewide live broadcast this week, the governor called on the media and Nigerians to disregard what happened, stressing that both his government and the media were partners in progress. Apology accepted. A wrong done to any journalist is a wrong done to all of the journalists in the state. Because what goes around comes around. Kudos to Governor Umahe. To national stories. This week, the Nigeria Center for Disease Control began the use of the COBAS system at NCDC National Reference Lab for COVID-19 testing. Using this technology, 960 samples can be tested in 8 hours. That's good news. Here are our top stories from the world scene. This week, President Donald Trump spoke with President Muhammad Buhari to discuss efforts by both nations to battle the COVID-19 pandemic. President Trump affirmed the strong support of the United States for the people of Nigeria and offered additional support for the nation's response efforts. The two leaders agreed that the United States and Nigeria would stand together in the fight to defeat the virus. 
Tensions between the U.S. and China are growing, fueled by COVID-19 and accusations of dishonesty. One result is Americans assume Beijing, seeking to hold it accountable for the worldwide pandemic. Those efforts could backfire, however, such that China not only inverts consequences, but potentially benefits from the pandemic. COVID-19 has crisscrossed the globe, bringing unprecedented sickness, death, and financial crisis. With the city of Wuhan seen as ground zero, major questions remain about whether the devastation could have been avoided. Meanwhile, U.S. President Donald Trump said he was confident the coronavirus may have originated in a Chinese virology laboratory, but declined to describe the evidence, springing up tensions with Beijing over the origins of the deadly outbreak. Trump did not mince words at a White House event when asked if he had seen evidence that gave him a high degree of confidence the virus came from Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Chinese state-backed Wuhan Institute of Virology has dismissed the allegations and other U.S. officials have downplayed their likelihood. Most experts believe the virus originated in a market selling wildlife in Wuhan and jumped from animals to people. Another top stories making rounds is the U.S. National Institute of Health said that an experimental drug, Remdesivir, has proved effective against the new coronavirus disease. According to the White House health advisor and top U.S. infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, data collected from the coronavirus drug trial with Remdesivir showed quite good news and has set a new standard of care for COVID-19 patients. Fauci said that a study led by the U.S. National Institute of Health showed that the drug shortens the time it takes for patients to recover by four days on average, and it is the first to pass such a street test against the virus. That's good news we've been waiting for. We pray that it works. I hope you enjoy the whole stories. This is where we wrap it up on today's edition of In-Depth Story. If you've missed any edition of the program, go to my Twitter at Andrea Onoha and click on my podcast link. And voila, you have Tori at your disposal. Do join me next week for a brand new edition. And remember to stay home and go out only when necessary. You are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. Think positive. Thank you, Lewis Egore, for today's management. I am yours truly, Andrea Onoha. Thank you for listening. I love you. Stay safe.
Hello, how are you? I hope you are alive and well. You're welcome to In-Depth Story on 94.5 Urban Radio FM. This is a program that helps you make sense of the news. I am your voice, Andrea Onoha. It's no longer news that the federal government is set to ease the lockdown in Lagos and Ogun states as well as Abuja come Monday, 4th May. But before the announcement, Nigeria have been in a lockdown for almost a month now. Yes, for health purposes to contain the spread of coronavirus disease. State governments have also followed suit by imposing lockdowns in their states. But all of these have economic implications. Nigeria has a growing economy as well as a large informal sector which contributes 65% of its economic output. Movement restrictions have not only reduced the consumption of non-essential commodities in general, but have affected income-generating capacity of the nation and state, reducing their consumption expenditure. Today, we'll be looking at the impact of COVID-19 lockdown on Nigeria's economy and other matters arising. Stay tuned. You're on in-depth story on 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Emergence of COVID-19 disease in 2020 in Nigeria has slowed down the economy. Even before the outbreak, the outlook for the economy of developing countries like Nigeria was fragile as global gross domestic product GDP growth was estimated to be only 2.5% in 2020. Now, this is nothing to write home about. Private businesses and state-owned businesses are suffering losses. This is somewhat complicated. Considering the complicated factors, President Buhari in a nationwide broadcast spoke up. Based on the above and in line with the recommendation of the Presidential Task Force on COVID-19, the various federal government committees that have reviewed socio-economic matters and the Nigeria Governors Forum, I have approved a phased and gradual easing of lockdown measures in FCT, Lagos, and the Ogun states, effective from Monday, 4th of May, 2020. However, this will be followed strictly with aggressive reinforcement of testing and contact tracing measures, while allowing the restoration of some economic and business activities in certain sectors. President Buhari agreed that no country can sustain the economic impact of the lockdown. For the first four weeks, most parts of our country have been under either federal government or state government lockdowns. As I mentioned earlier, these steps were necessary and overall have contributed to slowing down the spread of COVID-19 in our country. However, such lockdowns have also come at a very heavy economic cost. Many of our citizens have lost their means of livelihood. Many businesses have shut down. No country can afford the full impact of a sustained lockdown while awaiting the development of vaccines. Contrast to the president's point of view, a well-meaning Nigerians have reacted to the easing 
of the lockdown. Executive Director of African Heritage Institution, Professor Ufo Okeke Uzodike, said easing off lockdown for economic purpose is not enough. Let's find out why. The, the phasing out of lockdowns, uh, obviously, uh, that phasing out is informed by the need for people to have economic sustenance. In the absence of state interventions to assist people, it would seem logical that uh, the lockdowns have to be phased out. But the key is not just simply phasing them out, is for what purpose? What is actually being done to ensure that people don't, new people, new, uh, new infections don't emerge? that they don't become basically cancerous within our system. Those are the concerns that one must have. Um, facing that knockdown is not enough. We have to find something useful to do to ensure that um, we are all safe and that the coronavirus uh, infection rates actually not only just simply flattens out, that it actually declines to the point where it gets to zero. And so that we as a people can actually walk around fairly comfortable and work. So bring it down to the state level. In-depth story crew went out to further gauge the economic temperature of the people. Here are their views. Can't do anything. Dollar is 460 now. My business was 365. Now it's 460. It's affecting everybody. We don't have an economy. Our economy is basically in shutters. I hope you get paid your salary at the end of the month because employers of labor are finding it difficult. Did they? The, the economy of the whole country. Not only individuals, but the whole country. But I, in, in particular, am also affected. Ha. It's a crippled business we are in. Oh. So I don't know how you are asking me how it affects my business. Because when somebody is inside, you know what it means to him. We are in prison, short. And the prisoner cannot say it's well with him. Because he didn't even have a, a move to see friends and well wishes. So the lockdown is everywhere. And I don't know what next to say about it. Because it's affecting everybody. Even the government anyway, sir. A lot. A lot. Before now, I had several plans. My expectations were very high. As regard uh, this first quarter, first to second quarter of the year. But unfortunately, the the uh, coronavirus broke forth and uh, I brought about uh, retardation of my business. All my plans, all my proposals, they are still on hold. Even some of them that was almost approaching to completion of a sudden due to the lockdown, there was no uh, adequate time for the release of funds to, to, to carry out those projects. Uh, my brother, it really affected me a lot. And uh, it's just that if not for the poor management of uh, the federation, I mean the gov government, a lot of people who cannot even eat three square meal a day, I don't really know how they could cope for these 14 days. And it was really alarming for the federal government to extend it. Though it is for the good for of the citizen, but looking it on the other angle, just like the way other nations are doing, trying to see in what ways to really uh, 
uh, help their citizens, but we have never experienced, we never experienced such in this nation. The fact that we have all the mineral resources, the donation that was made by several persons in the nation, we, we just had a figure, but we never had any experience of how those money was really uh, spent. And also, what is really getting me angry is most bank, the so-called bank, with that are the their their clients, they can't even send us a debit of a thousand naira just to sustain us for this period. But yet they can give money to federal government or in the name of one selfish reason or the other. Maybe they just want to get more policies from the government and get favor. Everybody know now, everybody You know, one thing is Nigeria Nigeria didn't do like other countries. Like if you go to some small small countries like Rwanda, if you see the way they share things, you understand know, to their people. You know, it was coordinated, it was it was organized, but Nigeria didn't do something like that. They just lock people down and all of those things. But another thing is, you know, it's still for our own good. You know, if if you are going out trying to hustle still and you 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 are being contacted with the disease, if you die, it's better you just stay with the hunger and after everything you just still come out. And, because this this government to some extent, they are not really care. They are not. They don't care about us. Yes, and so just more, just try and do what is best for us. If government cannot do for us, we just do it for ourselves. That is just it. <laughs> no money, and he's continuing to spend. It's somehow, it's not okay. But we are alive, <laughs> and we we'll still sing victory song at the end of everything. And uh, one day we'll all say there was a lockdown. <laughs> Thank you. Since the pandemic, there have been uncertainties on when the lockdown will be over. And because of this uncertainty, there is negative profit outlook on possible investment projects. Firms are likely to hold off on long-term investment decisions. Indebkri also interviewed an Enugu-based businessman, Tony Wachuku, who described the impact as huge. Yeah. It's a mammoth. It's a... Uh it's more on the loss side than on the gain. The, the gain side, or what you can term as the gainful side is simple. It's uh, just enabling very busy minds to have, a, you know, to indulge in or be involved in indeliberate uh, uh, holidays. <laughs> it's indeliberate holiday because nobody wants to enjoy this kind of holiday. For business persons, it is quite dangerous. And uh, for the Nigerian economy, it is, uh, it's, uh, it's too dangerous because already we have uh, dived into a recession. And uh, it will take the country two to three years, the next two to three years for us to, 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 to manage out of the pandemic uh, created uh, a recession. So it's, 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 it's horrible. My we are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession. Uh, horrible. Tony Wachuku said that COVID-19 lockdown is equal to recession. We are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession. A horrible recession that uh, almost uh, near, near impossible to get out of in the next few uh, 
years. We talk about getting out of it, like I stated before, it's two, three years, if not four. Huh. Mm -hmm. Because there is real-time shutdown, there is real-time shutout. And you can see that globally, trade is not taking place, business is not going on. So it's wonderful. And it's, uh, <laughs> I, know, but I, pity, I pity citizens, I pity the big business environment. He also suggested gradual opening of the economy of the nation and state. We, as a matter of urgency, otherwise, anytime that if they decide late to open up, they won't finish the story. Government won't finish the story of the level of unemployment this particular pandemic we have already created. Yes, have already. I know of a transport company that have 200 drivers. They have 200 drivers. And right now, these drivers are not working. And you are not sure that when the when government said let's get back to business, okay, yeah, whether the same company will still need have that enough. 200 drivers. Talking about reopening of the economy gradually, I have a question for you. Do you agree that Nigeria is on the precipice of resection? Would you like the economy to be reopened gradually? That is, do you really agree with the president on the decision to ease the lockdown? of course, amid health precautionary measures. You can contribute on our Twitter page at Urban Radio 945 hashtag in the story and at Andrea Onoha. Do also follow us for quick updates. Before we call it a day, let's remind you some of the top stories. This week, President Muhammad Buhari in his nationwide broadcast gave new measures to curb the spread of COVID-19 disease. You must have heard them before, but you need to take note of them so as to stay out of trouble. Furthermore, new nationwide measures are to be introduced as follows. A. There will be an overnight curfew from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. This means all movements will be prohibited during this period except for essential services. B. There will be a ban on non-essential interstate passenger travel until further notice. C. Partial and controlled interstate movement of goods and services will be allowed for the movement of goods and services from producers to consumers. And D. We will strictly ensure the mandatory use of face masks or coverings in public in addition to maintaining physical distancing and personal hygiene. Furthermore, the restrictions on social and religious gatherings shall remain in place. State governments, corporate organizations, and philanthropists are encouraged to support the production of clothes masks for citizens. For the avoidance of doubt, the lockdown in FCT, Lagos and Ogun states shall remain in place until these new ones come into effect on Monday, 4th May 2020. This is in-depth story on Urban Radio 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Here are other top stories. Enugu State has confirmed new positive case of COVID-19. 
The confirmed case traveled out of Enugu on the 28th of March 2020 and returned from Jos Plateau State 14th April 2020. The patient has been admitted into one of the treatment and isolation centers while contacts are being identified, line listed and samples taken for texting. The Commissioner for Health, Obi Ikechuku, advised Enugu people to stay at home and only go out when absolutely necessary. When going out, he strongly advised to wear appropriate face mask, avoid touching the front of the face mask and also practice social distancing at least two meters apart from each other. This piece of story poised a question about effective border control in curbing the spread of COVID-19 in Enugu State. Meanwhile, Following reports that persons on non-essential duties have continued to traverse the boundaries despite the state government's COVID-19 containment order, Governor Ifan Ugwai has directed all the 17 local government council chairmen to mobilize all development center administrators, councillors, traditional rulers and president general of communities as well as neighborhood watch groups and youth leaders within their jurisdiction to man the borders of the local government council areas that are contiguous with other states. In a statement by the Secretary of the State Government, Professor Simon Otwayan said the governor directed the council chairman to liaise with the members of National Union of Road Transport Workers Association of Tricycle Riders to ensure that intending passengers beyond Enugu State are not allowed to board vehicles in motor parks within their jurisdiction. The governor of Ebony State, David Omahi, has apologized to journalists in the state, saying the disagreement between him and then was unintentional. Omahi, who described the squabble as a case between a father and his son, noted that it was better to work in unison with the media at all times. Recall that Omahi last week arrested the correspondents of the Sun and Vanguard newspapers in the state for allegedly reporting falsehood on loss of fever and military invasion in Ebony communities. However, in a statewide live broadcast this week, the governor called on the media and Nigerians to disregard what happened, stressing that both his government and the media were partners in progress. Apology accepted. A wrong done to any journalist is a wrong done to all of the journalists in the state. Because what goes around comes around. Kudos to Governor Umahe. To National Stories. This week, the Nigeria Center for Disease Control began the use of the COBAS system at NCDC National Reference Lab for COVID-19 testing. Using this technology, 960 samples can be tested in 8 hours. That's good news. Here are our top stories from the world scene. This week, President Donald Trump spoke with President Muhammad Buhari to discuss efforts by both nations to battle the COVID-19 pandemic. President Trump affirmed the strong support of the United States for the people of Nigeria and offered additional support for the nation's response efforts. The two leaders agreed that the United States and Nigeria would stand together in the fight to defeat the virus. 
Tensions between the U.S. and China are growing, fueled by COVID-19 and accusations of dishonesty. One result is Americans assume Beijing, seeking to hold it accountable for the worldwide pandemic. Those efforts could backfire, however, such that China not only inverts consequences, but potentially benefits from the pandemic. COVID-19 has crisscrossed the globe, bringing unprecedented sickness, death and financial crisis. With the city of Wuhan seen as ground zero, major questions remain about whether the devastation could have been avoided. Meanwhile, U.S. President Donald Trump said he was confident the coronavirus may have originated in a Chinese virology laboratory, but declined to describe the evidence, springing up tensions with Beijing over the origins of the deadly outbreak. Trump did not mince words at a White House event when asked if he had seen evidence that gave him a high degree of confidence the virus came from Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Chinese state-backed Wuhan Institute of Virology had dismissed the allegations and other U.S. officials have downplayed their likelihood. Most experts believe the virus originated in a market selling wildlife in Wuhan and jumped from animals to people. Another top stories making rounds is the U.S. National Institute of Health said that an experimental drug, Remdesivir, has proved effective against the new coronavirus disease. According to the White House health advisor and top U.S. infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, data collected from the coronavirus drug trial with Remdesivir showed quite good news and has set a new standard of care for COVID-19 patients. Fauci said that a study led by the U.S. National Institute of Health showed that the drug shortens the time it takes for patients to recover by four days on average, and it is the first to pass such a street test against the virus. That's good news we've been waiting for. We pray that it works. I hope you enjoy the whole stories. This is where we wrap it up on today's edition of In-Depth Story. If you've missed any edition of the program, go to my Twitter at Andrea Onoha and click on my podcast link. And voila, you have Tori at your disposal. Do join me next week for a brand new edition. And remember to stay home and go out only when necessary. You are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. Think positive. Thank you, Lewis Egore, for today's management. I am yours truly, Andrea Onoha. Thank you for listening. I love you. Stay safe.
Hello, how are you? I hope you are alive and well. You're welcome to In-Depth Story on 94.5 Urban Radio FM. This is a program that helps you make sense of the news. I am your voice, Andrea Onoha. It's no longer news that the federal government is set to ease the lockdown in Lagos and Ogun states as well as Abuja come Monday, 4th May. But before the announcement, Nigeria have been in a lockdown for almost a month now. Yes, for health purposes to contain the spread of coronavirus disease. State governments have also followed suit by imposing lockdowns in their states. But all of these have economic implications. Nigeria has a growing economy as well as a large informal sector which contributes 65% of its economic output. Movement restrictions have not only reduced the consumption of non-essential commodities in general, but have affected income-generating capacity of the nation and states, reducing their consumption expenditure. Today, we will be looking at the impact of COVID-19 lockdown on Nigeria's economy and other matters arising. Stay tuned. You're on an in-depth story on 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Emergence of COVID-19 disease in 2020 in Nigeria has slowed down the economy. Even before the outbreak, the outlook for the economy of developing countries like Nigeria was fragile as global gross domestic product GDP growth was estimated to be only 2.5% in 2020. Now, this is nothing to write home about. Private businesses and state-owned businesses are suffering losses. This is somewhat complicated. Considering the complicated factors, President Buhari in a nationwide broadcast spoke up. Based on the above and in line with the recommendation of the Presidential Task Force on COVID-19, the various federal government committees that have reviewed socio-economic matters and the Nigerian Governors Forum I have approved a phased and gradual easing of lockdown measures in FCT, Lagos, and the Ogun states effective from Monday, 4th of May, 2020. However, this will be followed strictly with aggressive reinforcement of testing and contact tracing measures while allowing the restoration of some economic and business activities in certain sectors. President Buhari agreed that no country can sustain the economic impact of the lockdown. For the first four weeks, most parts of our country have been under either federal government or state government lockdowns. As I mentioned earlier, these steps were necessary and overall have contributed to slowing down the spread of COVID-19 in our country. However, such lockdowns have also come at a very heavy economic cost. Many of our citizens have lost their means of livelihood. Many businesses have shut down. No country can afford the full impact of a sustained lockdown while awaiting the development of vaccines. Contrast to the president's point of view, a well-meaning Nigerians have reacted to the easing 
of the lockdown. Executive Director of African Heritage Institution, Professor Ufo Okeke Uzodike, said easing off lockdown for economic purpose is not enough. Let's find out why. The, the phasing out of lockdowns, uh, obviously, uh, that phasing out is informed by the need for people to have economic sustenance. In the absence of state interventions to assist people, it would seem logical that uh, the lockdowns have to be phased out. But the key is not just simply phasing them out, is for what purpose? What is actually being done to ensure that people don't, new people, new, uh, new infections don't emerge? that they don't become basically cancerous within our system. Those are the concerns that one must have. Um, facing that knockdown is not enough. We have to find something useful to do to ensure that um, we are all safe and that the coronavirus uh, infection rates actually not only just simply flattens out, that it actually declines to the point where it gets to zero. And so that we as a people can actually walk around fairly comfortable and walk. So bring it down to the state level. In-depth story crew went out to further gauge the economic temperature of the people. Here are their views. Can't do anything. Dollar is 460 now. My business was 365. Now it's 460. It's affecting everybody. We don't have an economy. Our economy is basically in shutters. I hope you get paid your salary at the end of the month because employers of labor are finding it difficult. Did they? The, the, the economy of the whole country. Not only individuals, but the whole country. But I, in, in particular, am also affected. <laughs> it's a cripple business we are in. So I don't know how you are asking me how it affects my business. Because when somebody is inside, you know what it means to him. We are in prison, short. And the prisoner cannot say it's well with him. Because he didn't even have a, a move to see friends and well wishes. So the lockdown is everywhere. And I don't know what next to say about it. Because it's affecting everybody. Even the government anyway, sir. A lot. A lot. Before now, I had several plans. My expectations were very high. As regard uh, this first quarter, first to second quarter of the year. But unfortunately, the the coronavirus broke forth and uh, I brought about uh, retardation of my business, all my plans, all my proposals, they are still on hold. Even some of them that was almost approaching to completion of a sudden due to the lockdown, there was no uh, adequate time for the release of funds to, to, to carry out those projects. Uh, my brother, it really affected me a lot. And uh, it's just that if not for the poor management of uh, the federation, I mean the gov government, a lot of people who cannot even eat three square meals a day, I don't really know how they could cope for these 14 days. And it was really alarming for the federal government to extend it. Though it is for the good for of the citizen, but looking it on the other angle, just like the way other nations are doing, trying to see in what ways to really uh, 
uh, help their citizens, but we have never experienced, we never experienced such in this nation. The fact that we have all the mineral resources, the donation that was made by several persons in the nation, we, we just had a figure, but we never had any experience of how those money was really uh, spent. And also, what is really getting me angry is most bank, the so-called bank, with that are the their their clients, they can't even send us a debit of a thousand naira just to sustain us for this period. But yet they can give money to federal government or in the name of one selfish reason or the other. Maybe they just want to get more policies from the government and get favor. Everybody know now know You know, one thing is Nigeria Nigeria didn't do like other countries. Like if you go to some small small countries like Rwanda, if you see the way they share things, you understand know, to their people. You know, it was coordinated, it was it was organized, but Nigeria didn't do something like that. They just locked people down and all of those things. But another thing is, you know, it's still for our own good. You know, if if you are going out trying to hold you still and you 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 are being contacted with the disease. If you die, it's better you just stay with the hunger and after everything you just still come out. And because this this government to some extent, they are not really care, they are not they don't care about us. Yes, and so just more just try and do what is best for us. If government cannot do for us, we just do it for ourselves. That is just it. <laughs> no money and he's continuing to spend. It's somehow it's, a, it's not okay. But we are alive. <laughs> and we still sing victory song at the end of everything. And uh, one day we'll all say there was a lockdown. <laughs> Thank you. Since the pandemic, there have been uncertainties on when the lockdown will be over. And because of this uncertainty, there is negative profit outlook on possible investment projects. Firms are likely to hold off on long-term investment decisions. Indebkri also interviewed an Enugu-based businessman, Tony Wachuku, who described the impact as huge. Yeah. It's a mammoth. It's a... Uh... It's more on the loss side than on the gain. The, the gain side, or what you can term as the gainful side is simple. It's uh, just enabling very busy minds to have, a, you know, to indulge in or be involved in uh, uh, indeliberate holidays. It's indeliberate holiday because nobody wants to enjoy this kind of holiday. For business persons, it is quite dangerous. And uh, for the Nigerian economy, it is, uh, it's, uh, it's too dangerous because already we have uh, almost dived into a recession. And uh, it will take the country two to three years, the next two to three years for us to, 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 to manage out of the pandemic uh, created uh, a recession. So it's, 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 it's horrible. My own we are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession. Uh, horrible. Tony Wachuku said that COVID-19 lockdown is equal to resection. We are suffering the pandemic and at the same time we are already in recession. A horrible recession that uh, almost uh, near, near impossible to get out of in the next few uh, 
years. We talk about getting out of it like I stated before. It's two, three years, if not four. Huh. Mm -hmm. Because that is real-time shutdown. That is real-time shutout. And you can see that globally, trade is not taking place. Business is not going on. So it's wonderful. And it's, uh, <laughs> I, know, but I, pity, I pity citizens. I pity the big business environment. He also suggested gradual opening of the economy of the nation and state. We, as a matter of urgency, otherwise, anytime that if they decide late to open up, they won't finish the story. Government won't finish the story of the level of unemployment this particular pandemic we have already created. Yes, have already. I know of a transport company that have 200 drivers. They have 200 drivers. And right now, these drivers are not working. And you are not sure that when the when government said let's get back to business, okay, yeah, whether the same company will still need that enough. 200 drivers. Talking about reopening of the economy gradually, I have a question for you. Do you agree that Nigeria is on the precipice of recession? Would you like the economy to be reopened gradually? That is, do you really agree with the president on the decision to ease the lockdown? of course, amid health precautionary measures. You can contribute on our Twitter page at Urban Radio 945 hashtag in the story and at Andrea Onoha. Do also follow us for quick updates. Before we call it a day, let's remind you some of the top stories. This week, President Muhammad Buhari in his nationwide broadcast gave new measures to curb the spread of COVID-19 disease. You must have heard them before, but you need to take note of them so as to stay out of trouble. Furthermore, new nationwide measures are to be introduced as follows. A. There will be an overnight curfew from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. This means all movements will be prohibited during this period except for essential services. B. There will be a ban on non-essential interstate passenger travel until further notice. C. Partial and controlled interstate movement of goods and services will be allowed for the movement of goods and services from producers to consumers. And D. We will strictly ensure the mandatory use of face masks or coverings in public in addition to maintaining physical distancing and personal hygiene. Furthermore, the restrictions on social and religious gatherings shall remain in place. State governments, corporate organizations, and philanthropists are encouraged to support the production of clothes masks for citizens. For the avoidance of doubt, the lockdown in FCT, Lagos and Ogun states shall remain in place until these new ones come into effect on Monday, 4th May 2020. This is In-Depth Story on Urban Radio 94.5 FM with Andrea Onoha. Here are other top stories. Enugu State has confirmed new positive case of COVID-19. 
The confirmed case traveled out of Enugu on the 28th of March 2020 and returned from Jos Plateau State 14th April 2020. The patient has been admitted into one of the treatment and isolation centers while contacts are being identified, line listed and samples taken for texting. The Commissioner for Health, OB Ikechuku, advised Enugu people to stay at home and only go out when absolutely necessary. When going out, he strongly advised to wear appropriate face masks, avoid touching the front of the face mask and also practice social distancing at least two meters apart from each other. This piece of story poised a question about effective border control in curbing the spread of COVID-19 in Enugu State. Meanwhile, Following reports that persons on non-essential duties have continued to traverse the boundaries despite the state government's COVID-19 containment order, Governor Ifan Ugwai has directed all the 17 local government council chairmen to mobilize all development center administrators, councillors, traditional rulers and president general of communities as well as neighborhood watch groups and youth leaders within their jurisdiction to man the borders of the local government council areas that are contiguous with other states. In a statement by the Secretary of the State Government, Professor Simon Otwayan said the governor directed the council chairman to liaise with the members of National Union of Road Transport Workers Association of Tricycle Riders to ensure that intending passengers beyond Enugu State are not allowed to board vehicles in motor parks within their jurisdiction. The governor of Ebonyi State, David Omahi, has apologized to journalists in the state, saying the disagreement between him and then was unintentional. Omahi, who described the squabble as a case between a father and his son, noted that it was better to work in unison with the media at all times. Recall that Omahi last week arrested the correspondents of the Sun and Vanguard newspapers in the state for allegedly reporting falsehood on Lhasa fever and military invasion in Ebony communities. However, in a statewide live broadcast this week, the governor called on the media and Nigerians to disregard what happened, stressing that both his government and the media were partners in progress. Apology accepted. A wrong done to any journalist is a wrong done to all of the journalists in the state. Because what goes around comes around. Kudos to Governor Umahe. To National Stories, this week, the Nigeria Center for Disease Control began the use of the COBAS system at NCDC National Reference Lab for COVID-19 testing. Using this technology, 960 samples can be tested in 8 hours. That's good news. Here are our top stories from the world scene. This week, President Donald Trump spoke with President Muhammad Buhari to discuss efforts by both nations to battle the COVID-19 pandemic. President Trump affirmed the strong support of the United States for the people of Nigeria and offered additional support for the nation's response efforts. The two leaders agreed that the United States and Nigeria would stand together in the fight to defeat the virus. 
Tensions between the U.S. and China are growing, fueled by COVID-19 and accusations of dishonesty. One result is Americans assume Beijing, seeking to hold it accountable for the worldwide pandemic. Those efforts could backfire, however, such that China not only inverts consequences, but potentially benefits from the pandemic. COVID-19 has crisscrossed the globe, bringing unprecedented sickness, death, and financial crisis. With the city of Wuhan seen as ground zero, major questions remain about whether the devastation could have been avoided. Meanwhile, U.S. President Donald Trump said he was confident the coronavirus may have originated in a Chinese virology laboratory, but declined to describe the evidence, springing up tensions with Beijing over the origins of the deadly outbreak. Trump did not mince words at a White House event when asked if he had seen evidence that gave him a high degree of confidence the virus came from Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Chinese state-backed Wuhan Institute of Virology has dismissed the allegations and other U.S. officials have downplayed their likelihood. Most experts believe the virus originated in a market selling wildlife in Wuhan and jumped from animals to people. Another top story making rounds is the U.S. National Institute of Health said that an experimental drug, Remdesivir, has proved effective against the new coronavirus disease. According to the White House health advisor and top U.S. infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, data collected from the coronavirus drug trial with Remdesivir showed quite good news and has set a new standard of care for COVID-19 patients. Fauci said that a study led by the U.S. National Institute of Health showed that the drug shortens the time it takes for patients to recover by four days on average, and it is the first to pass such a street test against the virus. That's good news we've been waiting for. We pray that it works. I hope you enjoy the whole stories. This is where we wrap it up on today's edition of In-Depth Story. If you've missed any edition of the program, go to my Twitter at Andrea Onoha and click on my podcast link. And voila, you have Tori at your disposal. Do join me next week for a brand new edition. And remember to stay home and go out only when necessary. You are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. Think positive. Thank you, Lewis Egore, for today's management. I am yours truly, Andrea Onoha. Thank you for listening. I love you. Stay safe.